Welcome back, God lovers, to another episode of I Need God Pod, a podcast for the religiously oriented, the spiritually curious, and the internet addicted. My name is God Lover Kyle, and I'm the admin for the Instagram page, I Need God in Every Moment of My Life. And on today's episode of the Godcast, I'm joined by Rita Espieva. Sorry for not pronouncing that correctly, Rita. Um, Rita is Russian-American, and her family's history spans centuries in Russia. And they've been involved with the arts and the culture and the politics there in very meaningful ways. From Ivan the Terrible to Rasputin to Trotsky, her family has been fortune tellers, divinators, artists, herbalists, witches, um, for some very notable people. And she's here today to talk about it all with me and for you. And I find it pretty interesting. So if you're interested in this topic, let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Mary now speaks to Christ. Are you my son or God? You're nailed to the cross. Where lies my homeward road? Can I pass through my gate not having understood? Are you dead or alive? Are you my son or God? Christ speaks to her in turn. Whenever dead or alive, woman, it's all the same. Son or God, I'm yours. <laughs> nice. Where did you pick that from? Um, well, I love Joseph Brodsky and I honestly think that he's probably the greatest poet of the end of the 20th century who came out of Russia. Mhm. And I picked that one especially and him overall as a character whose poem to read because um he immigrated to United States in the 70s, and he refused. So he was a Russian Jew. He was born oh. in St. Petersburg. Okay. And he refused to do it through Israel. So he oh. waited until a chance to go through Vienna to the United States directly. Oh, because yeah. most people would have gone through Israel to the United yeah. States? Yeah, because there was a program that Soviet Union launched to get rid of its Jewish population. And oh. It was a big thing. But he actually wanted to get out because he was in prison multiple times. He was, he was sent out to the north. It was insane. Uh-huh. So, so and I understand why he wanted to leave. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he was like, I'm going to leave, but I will yeah. not go through yeah. Israel. Yeah. And he received a Nobel Prize for poetry later on. Oh, amazing. Life. Yeah. I am admittedly very, like, ignorant to Russian culture and art and tradition, actually. And it's something I know. Yeah. I had to look up so much about Russia before this because I was like, <laughs> so when did the USSR become that? What was it called before that? Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, it was just the Russian Empire before that. Yes. Kind of. So I was like, yeah. okay. So I was trying to, like, yes. learn my history because I know your family 
history is connected deeply to Russian history and to the poetry and the culture and the art there. Yes. Right? Yes. Let's get into that. Sure. Uh, Also, first, like, I guess, hi, Rita, right? Rita Ispa. Ispaiva, yeah. That's who we're speaking with. Welcome to the show. Hi. (laughs) And um, were you born here in the States? Yes, I was actually born in Park Slope. But then uh, life unfolded itself and I had to move back to Moscow to live with my grandparents until I was 14 years old. And my first conscious memory of the United States was when I came for a brief summer visit, like when I was eight or nine. Mm Mm-hmm. And my grandmother was not so fond of, you know, what was surrounding, you know, here because she would go here, you know, because I have a younger sister like you, six years younger. Okay. And when she would visit here, she would be like, oh, my God, this place. I don't know why my daughter, my mom decided to immigrate here, because a lot of people are genuinely confused, too, Uh when I tell them my family's biography. Yeah. Because... My family comes from the center of Moscow. We have been involved with, you know, governmental figures, such influential cultural figures. Right. And then my mom just randomly decided to leave it all, you know, behind in the 90s. Yeah. To come here. Yeah. To the United States. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, but you didn't, weren't even really raised by your mom then. Yes. I uh, came back when I was 14 to just reconnect with my mom because I was like, I, a lot of things in my life are like, okay, if I'm going to have children, how am I going to explain to them that I didn't really interact with my mom growing yeah, up? Yeah. Or like, you yeah. Know, of course you want to know who your mom is. Yeah. 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 Because, uh, she, uh, so, I mean, the generational thing that my family does is performance arts and magical practices. Right. Well, we can track back to Ivan the Terrible, Ivan the Fourth. So yeah. it's like 16th century. Like yeah, 15th century. I was looking up Ivan the Terrible. Yeah. And I was like, how do you guys know your history that well? Is there an archivist in your family? <laughs> or like, uh, where is this written? Well, so um, it's, well, part of it is definitely my research, mm. just going, tracking back what I can and connecting the dots. But mm. also my grandmother was really lucky that she was raised by her grandmother a Mm. lot when she was small. And the oral tradition just, you know, passing down the stories preserved themselves. Right. So that's very interesting that you were raised by your grandmother and your grandmother was raised by her grandmother. So it creates (laughs) this kind of deeper sense of history than a normal, like, generational secession. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And my great grandmother, so the mom of my grandmother, was born, like, I'm just going to give a, a little sequence. She was born in 1908 in St. Petersburg in Peter and Paul's uh, fort, which was a prison. She was oh. born in prison. Oh. Because her father was a Russian revolutionary who was Romani and Jewish. Mm-hmm. And... It was, I mean, it was absolutely great and um, such such things I was told by my grandmother. I, I mean, my younger sister was not raised by my grandmother, so she doesn't know a lot and she was never exposed to Russia. Right. So it's a weird dynamic so in my like family. A yeah, yeah. Like, 
cultural yeah. upbringing, really. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But your sister was born in here and stayed here six yes. years younger. Yes. Got it. You have the same father? No. Okay. Just no. curious. No. That's like... I was just curious, like, the men in your family. Oh, the like, men in your great, my great, family. great grandfather obviously yeah, yeah. was, like... And then my grandfather, my biological grandfather, how we found out a year ago, mm. there were rumors. So he was a famous Russian film actor, mm-hmm. and uh, he was imprisoned by, and sent to gulags multiple times, and he was dragged in Siberia... In the middle of like you know Siberian winter, like yeah, yeah, dragged by the officers. Oh, dragged. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Super to the gulag. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So I mean, around the gulag, they were trying to dispose of him Mm. because his uh, brother was accused of something, you know, the treason. Mm, Right. So they were like trying to you know clean out the bloodline. How often they would handle it during Stalin era? Right. Yeah, so he was also kind of an interesting character, but I didn't, you know, have a chance to get to know him because he was 30 years older than my grandmother. Oh, wow. (laughs) And he died in 2005, and we didn't know that he was our, you know, biological grandfather. We were raised by my grandfather, who is a totally different person, but he's actually not connected by blood. I understand. Yeah, and my dad is a mafia boss from Ukraine. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like a really interesting uh connection there too on the men's side yeah mysteriously weirdly enough yeah yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) there's so much to talk about here and it's like i'm really interested in performance art and i'm interested in like the power of performance to Mm -hmm. change reality Mm -hmm. and to create different ways of like thinking and knowing the world Mm -hmm. among people which i feel like is basically magic (laughs) so your ancestors you said were like diviners or diviners yeah yeah Yeah, divinators divinators yeah doing divination so like so your grandmother then you have your great great grandmother (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) it goes back so far as like i i'm just like where do we even start Um, i guess like well i guess we can start with my great grandmother because she, um, so she was she was born in prison, and then uh, right. then during the revolution, they have been led from Saint Petersburg to Ukraine to just be fed with her mom, you know, mm. because that's the only place where food was, not in the big cities in Russia itself. They were like deprived of everything wow. at the time and she was put in an orphanage and her mom was working as a uh i guess some sort of babysitter like clothing maker and you know tarot reader at the orphanage mm-hmm. and they were, were also involved with the lo- local church because you know russian orthodox church is really community oriented and yeah. like every small settlement would usually like have some sort of a church okay and my great-grandmother was performing the in a choir and she was discovered by a man who was a really influential tenor uh-huh. of uh i guess russian opera maybe uh-huh. like I'm, I'm not sure which one he was affiliated with at the time because it was in ukraine and russia was its own thing kind of at the time okay and um he was like you know uh you have a future mm. you need to train your voice you because you know when I entered the church, I could feel your presence. Mm. And that's my mom's recollection of her grandmother Mm. still to this day. 
that, you know, when you entered the apartment, even if you didn't see my great grandmother, you knew that she's at home. Mm-hmm. And she was like a tiny woman, right? Mm-hmm. She was like maybe five two, uh-huh. and but the um, energetic, just a uh, body that she can, she was in, it was insane. Like, yeah, it was so strong, it was super felt. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And people were uh, really attracted to her, and uh, essentially, even you know, because of my family's lineage, you know, people in power, of course, knew like where to find us, mm-hmm. and. Um, <laughs> Stalin, when he came after her dad, um, in terms of that in the 30s, like when my grandmother, great grandmother, that's why she was born in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, She was like 20 something years old when her dad passed away because he was drowned by NKVD, which is, you know, secret service led by Stalin. Okay. Because he was involved with uh, Trotsky, Lenin, you know, everyone. Those are like was... Russian revolutionaries, yeah. communists. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, Stalin was paranoid that, you know, anyone who knew him beforehand and who was helping out to put the revolution right. in the first place, they would, you know, just drag undermine him somewhere. It. Yeah, yeah, undermine yeah. him. And Stalin feared my great-grandmother. Mm. And he, during the war... They took the apartment in the, like, it's like two blocks away from Kremlin. So we used to live right nearby of Kremlin. Okay. And the Kremlin is where, like, yeah. the, like, government lives? Yes. Okay. Yes. Kremlin is like a big, like, four type of castle type of thing that mm-hmm. is now still a body where government is sitting mm-hmm. in nearby of it. And there are, like, a bunch of historical, you know, um buildings there too of course okay so the saint basil's cathedral which ivan the terrible built right was seen from my like our old apartment i see so we were like oh this is our heritage you know it's right here yeah it's right here (laughs) um and then you know we uh when you know, during the war, it happened during the war when the apartment was taken, like World War Two, and I mean, it's quite it's quite a interesting. And biography she was a singer, yeah, the great she, your great grandmother. Yeah, she was a master of a spoken word, so okay. she would recite poetry, sing songs, perform Her as an voice actress was really too. Powerful in it all was. aspects, spoken or sung. Yes. When she spoke. Yeah. It yeah. was like commanding. Yes. And how she ended up lending such a fame was that she went to the funeral of a Russian poet Mayakovsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was also known as a Soviet revo- revolutionary. And uh, she pledged like right in front of his, you know, coffin during the funeral that she was she would dedicate her life to the cultural legacy of this person Mm. it's like preserve the culture yes and that's why she was hated too right yeah yeah, because i mean she just declared it over the whole (laughs) moscow you know cultural elite at the time Uh that hey i am here and i'm gonna be doing this Uh, yeah and she just finished uh acting school at Mm. that time so she was really young but um so as i as i said earlier she was from a mixed marriage of jewish people romani people and russian people Mm mm-hmm and um, she had a marriage with a 
Romani person beforehand. Mm, okay. But uh, when she was really young, I guess when she was like from 16 to 21, maybe, and then she left to Moscow. I have no idea how the things unfolded, but as we know, mm-hmm. so um, the marriage was kind of falling apart because she understood that, you know, she has a bigger path to take on. Rather uh-huh. than just being, you know, a uh, regular fortune teller, you know, in the uh-huh. in like scene. a Romani yeah, sense, yeah, in a Romani sense, uh, you know, that she would serve the community on a much larger scope, mm. and she had twins, and those twins were taken from her. Oh my God! By her husband's family. Oh no! Because in Romani culture. Usually, um, you know, firstborn would be taken from a mother if there is a separation. But because they were twins, and I think the girl came first. They took both They took both. Yeah. And And it goes to the father when they separate. Yeah. And my great-grandmother had a hard time, like, speaking about them. We Mm. still don't know what happened. That's so sad. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, I wonder... Yeah, so she was really determined after this happened to make herself as big as she could make herself. Okay, so there's a fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because, like, Romani culture, I don't know a ton about it, yeah. but I was curious. So she's also, like, singing at church. Like, she has, like, a Russian Orthodox part yes. to her, too. So yeah. she has, like, a Christian tradition mm-hmm. plus the Romani kind of more magic-oriented traditions. Yes. So Russian Empire was one of the safest places for Romani people to be mm. since they first appeared in the region. Right, because like, they know. were kind of wanderers or yeah, travelers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were like mostly just, you know, kicked out and they were like going yeah. and trying place to, to find... Place. Yeah, yeah, place to place. Like displaced, really. Yeah, and in Russian Empire, I think it was Catherine the Great who said, you know, guys... Romani people would have the same rights as everyone else. Like, we're we're not doing anything to them. They're chill. They're nice. We love that's them. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. what's up. Uh, so... <laughs> like how it should be? Yeah. Yeah. And that was just groundbreaking. So a lot of Romani people just moved there from, oh, you know, cool. Germany, you know, everywhere. Because Catherine was originally from It was from like, Russia. we will not, like, right. persecute you. We won't ask you to move. Yeah. You could be members yeah. of society here. Yeah. And uh, that ended up, you know, creating a generational wealth in my family that was lost during the revolution so my great-grandmother like i cannot just comprehend the amount of trauma she went through right because she was like you know everything that she knew of you know she was born already in prison but because you know her dad was kind of you know he was a revolutionary so he was not really upholding family's tradition of merchantry sure and everything everything had to change yeah he was like we're ready for a change in russia but he actually owned stocks in oil companies in uh in central asia and everything like in modern day kazakhstan wow um so he was really well off and then everything was taken from everybody like right because he was murdered Yeah. And then his money was not transferred down. Yeah. Yeah. So everything was lost. (laughs) I mean, the estates in both Poland and um, St. Petersburg and Moscow Mm. were like all taken and Mm -hmm. separated into apartments of, you know, communal living because people needed to live somewhere. They needed to be educated. A lot of stuff were, you know, a lot of churches were converted to schools. Right. Like, okay. So when the Russian (laughs) Revolution happened, it was like, 
Stalin ended up taking power in the end. Yeah, yes. And then so they made it kind of like a godless state. Yes. And they're yes. like churches are like no longer. Mm-hmm. And like his version of, you know, doing communal living, communism stuff yes. was like actually brutal and bad. Yes. And so when your grandmother was born <laughs> in the prison, she was kind of born right in the middle of amongst the change that was happening, yes. like the instability of this yeah. regime change. Yeah. And then just, you know, her personal stuff happening and folding as a child of a diaspora right. that is in the midst of it. So, right. And then she pledges, you know, her life on on the, you know, on the corpse of this dead poet in the, like, um, 1930, I think he died in uh-huh. 1930. And the poet was, like, a, politically aligned with, like, what your great-grandfather yes. yes. is doing yeah. or something like yeah. that. And so the, yeah. she dedicated her life to that cause, yes. essentially. Yeah, and she actually became a member of the party, mm. and she ended up being the top opening performer when the um berlin fell in 1945 in may right i wrote that down and And she was flown there on the corn farming plane i think because every (laughs) like a corn farming plane like a plane that was not for passengers yeah yeah (laughs) i mean she was flying all over the place during the war in it because Mm. she was put as a you know um you know i mean soldiers like again i i guess you mm. can compare it to marilyn monroe you know performing in front of sure. soldiers yeah yeah so that was my great grandma <laughs> and she was just so lovely and magical yeah. no one could resist her yeah and there were also rumors in the poet uh community mm. at the time so one of the most prominent female poets um marina Tsutaeva, mm-hmm. she hanged herself in 1943 mm-hmm. um and a lot of people blame my great-grandmother that this happened Really? Because they were thinking that my great-grandmother was having an affair with someone dear to the poet mentioned. Um, okay. And uh, Sex they... Sex magic? <laughs> Maybe. I guess, I guess. <laughs> I mean, um, and I can understand, I guess, why people would think that. Because during the war, you know, before the Riksdag fell, right. they were moved. So my great-grandmother, her mom, and my grandmother and her brother... They all existed in the southern city of Russia. Okay. Uh, they were moved there from Moscow to make sure because, you know, um, Germans were so close to Moscow to enter like Moscow. Them yeah. Removed. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, again, food was there and everything. Oh, right. And the cultural hub was kind of Building put there. on there. Yeah. And they were all together there. And the mom of my great grandmother, she was, uh, you know, a Romani Russian person mm-hmm. who originated from a really high like noble family within the romani community in um nearby of tula russia so it's like a couple hours away from moscow okay and there there are rumors in my family that she was actually partially you know slavic because um a famous russian author Turgenev, who wrote Fathers and Sons, okay. um, had an affair with her mom or grandmother. Okay. Um, 
And that's why, you know, the child resulted being mixed and there was a lot of scolding about, you know, like about keeping, yeah, yeah. keeping. Because they so, were like, yeah. you know, kind of like a really yeah. like, good family in that they don't want to mix the family. Right. Hello. They're like nobles. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, and also within the Romani circles, you're trying to preserve the, you know, the Romani the, yeah, the heritage. Yeah. It's like harder to keep together. Right. Right. Especially, you know, when everyone is like kind of targeting you. I mean, right. the generational anxiety kind of subsided i guess when they moved to russia obviously uh-huh. you know a bit yeah yeah but it was still i mean present like why Makes would you sense. yeah 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 what what happened next is uh they were all together in this wartime you know scenario during like 1940s and the mom of my great-grandmother, so this person who originated from a really high-ranked um, house of Romani people. Mm-hmm. So she was a fortune teller. She was really high-educated, but she didn't know how to do anything except for fortune-telling and sewing. Okay. So And she would sew the blankets and everything with, you know, that are, like, kind of put a spell on to all of the poets, everything around, because that's, you know, what you did yep. to keep the, you know, them uh, warm during the winter, because it was, oh, like, so negative 40. Yeah, <laughs> neg- blankets are, like, extremely essential. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and she was the one, she was the mistress, you know, if to speak that way, mm-hmm. who was doing that for everyone because she just, you know, she couldn't sit without a task because that's what she was. And she, all she person. knew was sewing and fortune telling. Yes. So what else would she do? <laughs> yeah, right. Because, you know, everything else was, you know, managing the assets of the family and presenting uh-huh. yourself, you know, to the society it was gone. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Soviet Union and then war and everything. Nobody really cared. Yeah, true. But, yeah. Oh my gosh. But so like, fortune telling what what does that mean exactly do you sit down and use tarot cards or so there was no tarot cards in Soviet union okay so people were using regular playing cards or there is also uh they would also redraw the cards that were circulating within you know the soviet union or the family itself which are like uh triangle like ones i think i heard people mentioning that they're sometimes called like russian fortune telling cards okay also, there were another type of cards that were circulating. They were called lunar cards, and they had a similar design. So they were also like kind of triangular. You kind of put them together like a table, like like a table board type of thing. And you would like fortune tell based on that. I, I was see. not trained in that, and my mom either. Okay, so, so it's th- lost a bit. Yeah, it, it is lost uh, as much as I can say since mm-hmm. my great grandmother passed away in 1990. Right. Um. But my grandmother knew how to do that, but she also passed away, and that's, like, we're going to get there about how she influenced me as a person. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. let's get there. Yeah. I mean, this is such a rich history in your family. I feel like we could talk for so long, but, like, the cards are triangle, or they just use playing cards. Because playing cards are basically tarot cards, right? Yeah. Like, they're... Yeah, because you would conceal it, you know, because playing cards were not banned. Right. So you you were free to just present it to anyone who would come to your house. And they just sit down, flip cards into it, divine, divinate, 
and get answers. Yes. Because <laughs> they were all intuitive, I guess, and artists, too. Yeah, yes. And uh, my great-grandmother would do the same thing, but she was also, you know, she was so high, like highly connected within the cultural affairs world. Mm-hmm. And uh, she would fortune tell for, you know, most people who are, like, well-known, like, literally mm-hmm. workers, you know. Um, the writers, the poets, the musicians, uh, I mean, you just name it. Love that. That's so cool. And I wonder how many, uh, you know, kind of hints my great grandmother, like, gave to people in terms of, like, what to pursue, what to publish, what to not publish. Right, like, influencing culture, actually, yes. by being, like, you should yeah. try this. Yeah, you not just by that. being on stage herself, but right, just like offering Recommending advice. people what to do with their lives. Yes. What to write, what to, where yeah. to go, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure. That's, like, wow. And then when she's saying, do you know, like, you know how she's saying in Berlin, right? What do you know what she would have sang or like what those traditional songs are? She did not sing the regular wartime songs. Mm. She actually uh, was performing. So she was performing Mayakovsky, but I think what she also did, and it was really not appropriate to do for a person i think she performed uh she spoke so for the spoken poetry part she did the mandelstam and he was like heavily um how how to say it he was like prosecuted by stalin so her performing his works right was like it was like yeah yeah Yeah. because she was like you know i i don't give a shit because she already knew that the apartment was taken away Mm -hmm. i think because they came back to moscow like a little bit before that Mm -hmm. and they took her apartment yeah i mean yeah 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 so they seized the apartment and she was like you know whatever like i'm not scared nothing to lose yeah i I have nothing to lose i mean i'm gonna i think what is the most fascinating part about my family history how it influenced me it was just the understanding that you can survive anything yeah until you die yeah (laughs) yeah i mean what was her sun sign she was a Gemini with Pluto conjunct. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and a bunch of planets in Cancer. Um, and also her Jupiter was trining her Saturn and was like Aries Leo. Okay. So a lot of, you know, she got a lot from her dad. And she also, I forgot to mention that. So her dad, who was killed by Stalin, he was also in gulags and everything. Right. Uh, he, so when he was in gulags, uh, he would just put on plays. Oh. Uh, he would entertain people. And they loved him so much. They would, like, never, you know, like, let anyone hurt him. And then, actually, a lot of, you know, officers themselves helped him to escape gulags multiple times. Mm. And that's how he ended up being, you know, like, free. Mm. And, you know, like, having his own life still in the midst of it until I have no idea who sold him out, like, how he resulted to be, you know, drowned. Right, like, who, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but... um. He was it's so charming. Him. Yeah, he Just was like so charming. Grandma, yeah, but grandmother had the same kind of finesse. Yeah, no, but I I know why he did it because so they came up to him on a beach somewhere in um like 
kind of more Eastern Russia because that's where he was living, like Eastern, Southern Russia mm-hmm. at the time. And they were like, so he had a second wife and she was pregnant and they said, you know, it's either you or, or your wife who's going to get killed. Oh my God. So he kind of like self-sacrificed. Yeah. 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 And I mean, she lost the child because she understood what happened so oh my god yeah but my great-grandmother like we kept in touch with her and you know they became friends because my great-grandfather loved younger women so she was closer to my grandmother's age oh my god it's so complicated (laughs) it's like oh my gosh yeah yeah so uh but they kept in touch and uh it was great and i think we learned a lot about just my great grandfather's last 10 years from his new wife right right she was alive yeah and she was young yes yeah because he likes younger women yes (laughs) so there's like preservation of those like last years for him which yeah nice yeah women were preserving yeah Yeah. women were keeping all of this info yes yes they got the tea no for for sure and uh just overall how i was raised as well my grandmother had such an influence on me and my mom too and my so men in my family were not as involved like the only exception is my grandfather who turns out is not even my biological real grandpa. grandpa yeah and it's so sad you know i'm like oh my god <laughs> and you just found that out like last year you said yeah i mean there were rumors but because my my grandmother told that to my mom when she was like 15 years old so I like see. in the 70s when she was like a little bit buzzed so it's like you and your mom <laughs> are almost like sisters because you were raised by the same person yes yes but it's really interesting dynamic growing up like I mean just day in life of someone who comes from my family Mm -hmm. so my mom opened up her practice in New York in 2000 like officially okay so we would like play upstairs with our dolls until Mm -hmm. I you you know was three and moved out right Um, and my mom would fortune tell to her clients or perform energy work with, you know, strabilizer, like, you know, like flashing lights and, you know, mm. the fog machine and everything, oh. you know, like downstairs and right. would come, you know, downstairs and be like, mom, are you a bad witch or a good witch? Like, I literally asked my mom that. It's like one of her most favorite memories of Aww. me being a kid. And she's like, well, it depends who asks. Yes. What so perspective. If, yeah. So if, you know, you are asking, I'm a good witch to you, but not, <laughs> not for... So it's like your mom when she moved here yeah she learned this from your grandmother and your yes and and, and her, her grand- and her grandmother and your yeah. great-grandmother yes because so when my uh so her, when her grandmother was passing away she in 1990 yeah she was struggling with cancer for oh. like good seven years and she also like except for just being a divinator exceptionally gifted tarot reader i mean card reader mm-hmm. and energy worker mm-hmm. she also knew herbs really well and she mm-hmm. had connection to tibet especially and mm-hmm. herbalists there so there was was an herbal blend that kept her from not getting you know like um you know not passing yeah. away for like five years i believe that so uh and she was struggling with breast cancer because she fell from the uh from the staircase of a plane like in the late 80s yeah and she hit herself so hard that i think it caused something and she was like already like in her late 60s early 70s mm-hmm. and manifested like since that way. fall there was a shift and then yeah yeah had... and so she held like while she was passing away mm. uh she held my mom's hand and she said you know you are the one who's gonna keep this going 
Wow. You're 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 be you're gonna be she the energy worker of this family now. So she kind of transferred it. Yeah. You know, and like in her death through her. Yeah, through her death. She was such incredible. <laughs> I really admire her because life is really scary and hard for any per average person. Yeah. But then for someone to go through the extent of the trauma that she went through, kind of the duration of her life, at least yes. her younger life, then to like live her life so to use it as like energy to like give her life so much purpose and to actually like use her life yes. as a tool yes. for like higher power is just like yeah i wish i was brave enough to do that <laughs> yes so that was the pressure that was put on my mom and then it was you know put sure. on me now because out of so i have total mm two siblings two other siblings from my mom one is younger one is older but okay. the older one is in moscow right now oh don't ask me what she's doing there we don't know <laughs> okay. um, and uh, she is just you know she doesn't want to step out of her comfort zone and she was like she's an atheist uh, she had an inclination towards uh eastern religion okay before uh, it, but it was, you know, uh, Confucius and type of that. So not Buddhist, regular right. path. So she was like kind of and exploring Conf Japanese mysticism. Confucianism. Yeah. It's more like, yeah, is that Chinese? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's uh, and now she is like not interested in that. She's just living her life as like a normal person person would and, I see. So, and she would like always you know say i don't know how you guys do that you know how you live right. with our mom because like it's insane like people come to her like for example like so the poem that i read earlier right my mom like i forgot to take a picture of it mm -hmm. because the translations online suck and oh. i have the book and my mom just with the picture i mean the picture of the poem she sent me two pictures of her clients so all around my house there are pictures of people who i don't know stacked with our childhood pictures of the clients that she was performing energy work on you know and stuff like okay some some men with mustache who like she doesn't even recall who that is because you know she has been in practice for like over 20 years now okay and like it's everywhere and she has an altar you know like in one of the <laughs> Okay. And, and there are candles everywhere and like the CDs with the, you know, music for rituals and everything. It's like all piled up and there are mm. like six cats running around. I understand. <laughs> it's every, keep everything kind of vibe. Yeah. It's like, I wonder, like, were those pictures part of the, you know, like, did she feel like printing those pictures and framing them would do something? Is that why she did no, it? No, she did not frame them. They were like, uh, so they were given to her by her clients. But yeah, because she has like a lot of time. So my mom, since she's a real deal, she would be, you know, in touch with people for, you know, years and years and years oh. on end. So they would return to her. Oh. And oftentimes, like these people, I don't know why, they would like give her the the only pictures that they have from like of specific <laughs> individuals and not copy them. They believe so yeah, hard. Yeah. 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 And my, my, my mom would just keep them because she's like, you know, They're like sometimes, often, oftentimes that would be the only pictures that they have. Yeah. So like what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but then but why like, would she... not put them in a drawer or a filing no, cabinet? No, no, no she, she does that, but okay. they're stacked with our pictures, like oh. from, like that are also in cabinets or I drawers. See. I see. So it's like there's the me history. playing with a doll, and then there's a like random a random guy with a yeah, mustache. Yeah, but maybe like yeah. she helped that guy through yes. years of his life, and yeah, his so... family's life. So she's continuously done this. This is her only job. 
Yes. They pay, people pay. Yeah, she charges multiple thousand dollars yeah. of, for energy work. And but... it's like breaking family curses or like what yeah. else? Yes. Like... <laughs> so one interesting story from my mom's practice. Mm. There was a parent and a child who came to her and they said, Hi, we're hearing voices. Mm. We're hearing voices and they're like, they're really disturbing. But the thing is that uh, they were not diagnosed as schizophrenic or anything because that's what, you know, my mom is always like really good with referring people out to actual doctors oh. if there's something going on. Sure, so she would be not like, actually go it. see someone. Yeah, go, go see <laughs> get, someone. Get some medications yeah, get... or something. Like, yeah. Go to the Western doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but then they showed her the papers and everything they were clear but you know these voices persisted and they're like they're really distracting but the thing is that those voices help them financially okay so they would like tell them the lottery numbers the <laughs> job offers they should take and uh, oh, so I wish I had really... a voice like that. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. Yeah, yeah, and it was insane. So, but they were not able to keep regular jobs and everything because voices would just talk to them all the time, right? Sure, yeah, they, I can it imagine. was uncontrollable. Can't really do normal people things. All, yeah, like, yeah, and hard. like people were thinking that they're insane because they, you know, should reply back. Otherwise, you know, voices would get upset and not help out they... as much. Oh, so, I see. but they were so like really still. Yeah, they're really financially well off still because of. All the aid that they got mm. so they came to my mom and they're like can you talk to these voices mm. for them not to really be as you know like appearing like all the time maybe when we're at home or when we're outside by ourselves right. so my mom did like energy work and did agree so these were the spirits but they're not familial sp spirits but something similar was happening in the family of the clients before so these were the spirits of some other family which had been in debt to that one who came to my mom. Oh. Because they, like, I guess, you know, maybe they saved someone's life. Maybe they just, you know, helped out during, like, a certain crisis point. Sure. So they were helping out this family for a couple of generations. And my mom did the, the thing and oh. the voices stopped being as persistent and as annoying. But they're right. still like giving helping. them boundaries a yeah. little bit. Yeah, yeah. So establishing yeah. boundaries with spirits is one of yeah. the things. I c that makes so much sense that, like, think of, like, debt is, like, so karmic. And then, like, yeah. I, it, attaching to people because it's, like, there's a debt owed. Yeah. And then yeah. they want to repay it. Yes. Oh, my God. So now let's get down to your generation a bit. Yeah. So you said that you... So you didn't grow up, like, having a religion or practicing anything? Or did you and become an atheist later? Okay. So uh, I... I was baptized in a church where Alexander Pushkin, who is the famous like Russian folklore writer, was, um, and you know, poet too. Mm. So he was like pra practically one of the foundational bricks of the Russian culture because when you know when Europe got a kick of oh we need to kind of recreate the Greece again, you know, like we need to go back to the traditions and learn about folk. You know, stuff. Sure, yeah. So in Russia, they were like, oh, let's see what we have left from the Slavic tradition and, uh, you know, the fables that people tell one another in the villages. So he was one of the top cultural people who would, you know, who would go around and oh, like write collect stuff. Collect the stories. Yeah, down. collect the stories. And because there's actually no traceable evidence of like a, a lot of things that got, you know, 
put in the books like that we can read about now it's his legacy right so he um um, what, what he was, was baptized yeah, yeah, where you were baptized. Yeah, yeah, and then so you were baptized into the Russian yeah, Orthodox Church. Yeah, and also like that church has the remains, the sacred remains of two patriarchs of Russian Church too under it. So okay. that was quite a place to be baptized. Yeah, and then the only recollection of me going to the church when I when I was a kid, I can count it on the like you know on my fingers. Oh, I see. Um, it was like really rare, and I remember there was a church that was like a couple bus stops away from my house and it was next to the amusement park at the time so it was like a little square where they put up the amusement park oh, I see. and i was like you know playing in the amusement park and then we would like go and like put a candle in for something for in good health or right. whatever and i still sometimes do that especially since the russian ukrainian conflict started because i reconnected with my dad mm-hmm. two weeks before the war started and he he does believe in God, and he was quite a religious person, mm. despite the fact that all of the things he probably did in his life in the '90s, especially yeah. just because you know he was in the Being mafia. With your mom, even yeah, I'm, I, yeah. I mean, oh, he would bring my mom to the like the mafia, uh, you know, discussions. Oh. Like she would carry a, a gun in her purse and, and tarot cards, and she would like tell you know the mafia oh. people like she what would pull to do. Some cards with her. And she got her gun on her the whole time. Oh my god! (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. So they were like having this, and I am the result of this affair too. So I was actually when I was like five, six years old. I be no, actually before then. I so when I was growing up in Russia, it was really open minded to everything, and there are a lot of conspiracy channels on TV, Mm -hmm. and just uh, like for example, just on regular news, the forecasts of astrologer Pavel Globa would like begin the morning forecast before pre K, you know, time for me. So I would watch it. Right. And and it'd be part of like regular TV. Like yeah, it yeah. Part, like next to the news as if it's just equal. Yes. Yeah. Right. And we would like write it down. Like I actually, I learned how to read and write quite early for, you know, because we begin school in Russia at like seven years old. Okay. So, um, and I was like ready to go by like three, four years old. And, you know, and I was, and I think that was one of the major things. And I, and I remember like when I was like five, I knew my name, my zodiac sign and my home number. Love that. <laughs> so, I probably did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm so proud. I'm a Scorpio. Yeah. I remember yeah. like, yeah, I remember knowing I was a Leo really young and then I didn't really yeah. like get more into astrology until like mm, yeah. later teenage years yeah. for me yeah same but same yeah but then so for a minute in your teenage years <laughs> this is normal phase you're just like i don't really believe in this church stuff this doesn't really oh i sense. actually did not believe in it but uh so in russian orthodox church People, like, see Mary, it's similar to Catholicism, I guess, in a Mm -hmm. way, like, see Mary as a major, like, person, and then Christ is, like, some, you know, man, like, scary man who is evading you, like, on the day of judgment, like, Mm. he would be portrayed, like, dark, and, like, kind of surveilling the area, like, in a lot of cathedrals that you (laughs) would go to. So my grandmother would, like, occasionally put, you know, or ask people to put a candle, but, like, my aunt would, like, ask, uh, it's, like, a second removed and because my mom doesn't have any siblings okay she would like 
purchase me crosses and like i would like lose them all the time mm-hmm. and like my grandmother was like stop doing this you know stop purchasing the crosses stop giving her crosses yeah like it's not it's not working like it mm. clearly it's not her path it's going to be revealed later oh true yeah and i was like really uh, i was really advanced and i think i was telling people like i was fortune telling people i think when i was like four years old oh cool and my grandma was like, okay, this is, like, not normal. This child is not going to have a good life if she's going to be, you know, like, exposed to this so young. Okay. And she did an energy work ritual Oh. to kind of block me from it because I but think she like, knew when it around... It could corrupt you if you're too young yeah, or it could be too yeah. open up too many portals to, like, Because bad she energy. was traumatized by my mom, because I think what, the th- same thing happened with my mom. Oh, I see. And she was also put on stage at the age of three, because my mom, you know, like, she continued the acting legacy as well. Oh, I see. So, she was, like, really... And, I mean, the times were better for me to be more open-minded, because it was already not Soviet Union, but just, mm-hmm. you know, still what corrupt, I agree. Um, and... So she, I think my grandmother knew around what time she's going to pass away. So she passed away when I was like 18 and a half. She did a ritual that kind of binded the fact that I would be more, you know, like open to Mm, learning and be more proactive about spirituality when she passes away. And that's when it kind of opened for you. Yes. And that's when you became like, oh, yes, I am the going to inherit the gift from my mother. Like, this is my destiny. Yeah. This is my true path. Yeah. Like, I need to be open to spiritual things. Yes. And, like, yeah. But with tools. astrology, I kind of stick to it no matter what, because, mm-hmm. you know, I view it as data science kind of project. Sure. Yeah. So, um, and I did attempt to find uh, teachers, but I at first went to Vedic astrology, but I was like, I'm not from that culture. This right. is not right for me to practice. That's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So you use tropical zodiac. Yes. I. So I was trained and certified as an astrologer by my former teacher, who I'm no longer affiliated with. And uh, I was trained in like a kind of weird mixture of her own interpretation of evolutionary astrology started by wolf you know and green yeah so then i discovered that actually like like it's not exactly that because Mm. she's like kind of it was her own yeah yeah she disregarded a lot of like stepping stones like for example she doesn't view north and south node with which are you know indicators of you know your destiny and pop you know people would just phrase it like that yeah uh she would like disregard them as like less important objects and like you know this is what you know actually the founders you know of this specific lineage of astrology yeah, told like a, people to be like aware of the most and, like, yeah, more important yeah in yeah pluto astrology. and the nodes yeah so um now i i decided i was like on the fence while i was you know uh, over the summer i was like okay how do i phrase myself though that i don't mislead people and i'm being true to myself so yeah i decided to say that um i practice eclectic astrology because it includes a bunch of you know teachings from different schools right. that i i am so far you know came across and yeah. inherited as knowledge that's a good way to put it eclectic yeah. yeah yeah because it's like well i'm using a few different traditions here yes yeah and also a very specific one like i was taught by this person i was yeah. mentored by a person who does her own very like yeah. personal way of doing it yeah. too that's interesting and so you started with her when 
Uh, it was like 2021. Young. It was oh, 2021. Yeah, and then I got you know to be like officially put as an astrologer like in January of this year because do you like pass tests or do exams or does she? Uh, she sit with asked you and ask us. You? She asked us to do a couple blind charts at first, like without like after we were like okay, you know, she proposed to us the idea. We were moderators at her Discord practically. Okay, and they like other astrologers who I believe still work with her, uh, they uh, d- t- took her courses, but I didn't. But I was, like, proactive in other stuff with her. Uh-huh. So she offered to all of us, and we took on the opportunity. So the blind chart readings, then we were observing her for a number of hours, like her performing readings. And then we did our own readings without, like, getting paid or anything for, mm-hmm. like, I think it was 10 charts. And then she was like, okay, you know, this is because she was like practically saying to us that, hey, you know, you know the subject, but I need to get the business basics and interacting with clients to you. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, because like, you know, my first reading, oh my God, it was luckily, I actually met that person in LA. It was a friend of a friend Uh and I didn't know that. Mm. And I was so nervous. Oh my God. But then the second reading, it was great. And every every reading after that, like, I, I mean, I predicted for one of my clients, I was like, I'm not predicted because I don't do predictive astrology yet. But I said to them, hey, I think like based on your chart, you are, you gave yourself uh wow to live like for someone else really young on like who was that like because i thought maybe you know sometimes like people would be born and their undeveloped twin would be born or something or like a sibling died really early and they're like okay i'm gonna carry on like for both of us so it was their cousin oh my god so so a lot of things i would be really uh you can get pretty specific. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I hate, you know, how they're like, oh my God, you're going to transform, you I know, know. <laughs> like transmute, like, oh my God, we're going through a shift. Like, no, we're not doing this here. <laughs> yeah. We're getting to the, to the bottom of it. Yeah. And especially I noticed, I guess, based on my own heritage, I'm really good with telling and pinpointing people to what their ancestors were doing according to their charts like for example mm. like the great grandparents of one of my clients i was like they were like in fishing business 100 percent, you know based on your chart uh-huh. and um she was like you know months later she's like hey this is actually true i found out that yeah yeah because uh, we would record our sessions and send it over to refer to oh, so they good. would like clients would re-watch and right. be like oh my god this is actually like, so i would like get feedback months later oh that's cool that's yeah. a good way to do it yeah it is i wish i could hand you my chart and be <laughs> like what happened to me what's wrong with me <laughs> yeah but it's like yeah also i am like uh a perfectionist in uh, remission a little bit more okay. now because i would like work on a singular chart for over than like uh at least eight hours oh. so i would yeah that's too much no no and i would like give it and i would like get only you know a split payment with my teacher so like literally overworking myself yeah. for not as much of a good you know compensation right it's worth i mean eight hours is a lot of work. yeah and i yeah. think uh one of the feedbacks that my former teacher gave to me is like don't like overgive and i think maybe one of the ways uh mm. why we parted is because like people 
would uh i don't know i mean some people after me they 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 did come to her because she does you know more advanced readings that we are not trained in mm -hmm. but then there are instances that i just answered the questions they, they probably had for my teacher later on mm. And right. it was like kind of icky for her business yeah. model. Yeah, I mean, so she was like, you know, like this kid as a she is probably ready to be on her own. Right. True. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That and, makes sense. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And you'll. I mean, you're still so young. Like, yeah. if you live a long life into your late adulthood, you'll be so powerful at astrology. It's gonna be yes. awesome. Yes. I'm really glad that this came to me so young too. but you're not gonna take over mom's business and become the like spooky witch uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't i don't think so as for now uh i wanna definitely learn more about tarot because i do readings but i mean my mom just can you know like open the cards like oh she used lenormand okay mostly uh and just tell you right away what's happening and like she would you know yeah it's like instant she yeah, sees the yeah, big yeah she sees yeah. all the details yeah, so i really want to actually learn with her and i think that's going to be a nice way to reconnecting as well you know mm -hmm. as an adult with my mom so um yeah. i like to ask everyone do you believe in god um I'm more close to the idea of a non-binary entity who is more leaning towards feminine. So the idea of Sophia. Okay. If, yeah. So Gnosticism. Oh, so it's the creator, uh, the original creator who came before Yahweh or Hashem. Oh, in Judaism or ancient Jewish texts. Yeah. yeah. Sophia came before Yahweh? Yeah. How? Um, well, it, it is believed, I guess, um, it's the, maybe it's a big boom theory, like in okay. the religious text, that's how they describe <laughs> like it. The because the Big Bang in, is like yeah, the feminine yeah, yeah. creative force or something. Right, right. Mm, so, okay. um, and then I do, uh, read a lot and I'm really fond of Gnosticism. So Mary Magdalene and her, you know, impact on religion and how, you know, Gnostic texts were like hidden and still hidden. Okay. So yeah, okay. I, I do, but it's like more towards leaning towards that thought forms. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. Um, are there any things that you are a fan of or that you are super fan of culturally wise, like cultural objects that you stand and that you're like obsessed with? Yeah, I mean Russian poetry. Russian poetry. Oh, yeah, Sam. yeah, and uh, also I w I would say uh, just the idea of immigration. Okay. As a concept that exists within. Mm -hmm. So you like humanity. read about immigration? Yes, yes. Really passionate about that, and I think the door should be open for right. everyone. No borders. Yes, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and um, the concept of colors because i also do graphic design okay and i'm really fascinated with color like color theory and yes. like resonance of colors yes yes but um with um you know with the colors of auras i think it's debatable like my younger mm. sister sees them and i don't you don't i was just gonna say yeah. like what's my aura i yeah, don't know yeah. I, I need to ask my sister yeah she sees them yeah yeah and she also sees dead people on tr transit 
Oh, great. Yeah, it's great. Every time she comes back, she's like, oh, you know, not every time, but every yeah. other time. She's like, oh, that that person was nearby with me on oh, my yeah. right. What's school. her sun sign? And Capricorn, of course. Oh, okay. Of course, dead people in Capricorns. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> like old things. Yeah. And then I was going to ask about your astrology, but we already talked about it a little bit. We know yeah. that your son is in Scorpio, your Mercury is, is in, in Scorp- Scorpio, yeah. uh, and, and your my- moon is... Sagittarius. Oh, Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah, my my mother and grandmother are present within me. Are they sad, sad sons? No. No, no. But oh, it's Scorpio. just, uh, you know, uh, when you think about Moon and Sag, it's mm-hmm. like this prolific, uh, culturally engaged individual who kind of had an impact on you as a most nurturing parent. Oh, I often. see. Because it's not religious fanatism for me, how for some people it is. Yeah. Because Maybe. I read for people, yeah. And no, I'm not really, but yeah. I'm a Sagittarius rising, so. Oh, I see. So you were, yeah, for me, it's Gemini, and I was, like, introduced to the world and this curiosity of everything unfolding mm-hmm. and kind of going from that place to place. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, all well, the time. Sagittarius moon would be someone who moves as a world traveler. Yeah, my it's conjunct my descendant, so. The, okay. Yeah, so the agreement that I made and I guess my, whatever, ancestry <laughs> made on my mother's Oh, yeah, because on your descendant. Yeah. Okay, so I have Virgo moon in nice. the 10th house, oh. kind of conjunct, loosely conjunct Mercury and Midheaven. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that means about me, but Virgo moons, it's a lot hard. It's hard to be a Virgo moon. I don't know yeah. how many you've met in your life. My older sister is one. She oh, was yeah. always like, I was always like a, you know, a little troublemaker. Yeah. And she would like come off as this perfect child, but yeah. wants to get <laughs> to know her better because this is the trick uh-huh. with the luminary, you know, conjunct midheaven. You're mm-hmm. just like, oh, all the fun is, you know, not on the display for everybody else. It's out, it's inside of you. Because it's the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Also, self-criticism and, I mean, anxieties. Totally. It's yeah, totally I, that. Yeah, I have Mars Stomach and Virgo. Stomach issues with Virgo moon yes. and hermit hermit qualities sometimes. Yes. Criticism and judgment, mm-hmm. totally that. And then, yeah, being good as a kid, I was always, like, wanted... I was, like, blindly wanted to make the adults happy and follow the rules yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but then, like, as I heard on your podcast before, your sister is kind of the normal one in the family. Yeah. She has a Virgo no. son. Yeah. In the 10th house as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because we have the same rising sign. Yeah. And I use whole sign houses. Uh-huh. Um, so that's, it is interesting, our synastry, yeah. because of that. But yeah, she's the more normal one. I'm just the, I don't know who I am. I'm just who I am. I'm the unique <laughs> one. I love um, that. Yeah. Okay, well, it was lovely speaking with you. Thank you a ton for coming and like sharing all of this. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it's great. And thank you for Gabby for bringing us together. Oh, Sai right. Swoon. Shout out to Sai Swoon because yeah. I like posted in the, in the Sai Swoon portal discord <laughs> about just being like, I bet there are people here in this discord who have something to share and yeah. who I would want to put on the show. And I was, you were like the best one or maybe the only one. And I was like, oh yeah, like this is, this is definitely good because I've been lacking like, yeah. I just want to talk to people different persons perspectives with different like backgrounds basically and it's like this is now i could check off like russian mysticism (laughs) russian orthodoxy i'm glad like the whole russian box we could checking off immigration all of that so witchcraft and wizardry yes um so that was awesome 
um yeah shout out to Sai Swoon and amen you guys hallelujah amen. and um enjoy the rest of your day or night whenever you're listening <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, God lovers, for listening to another episode. I appreciate your support so much. And thank you to everyone who's pledged at the angel tier. If you want to change your pledge to the angel tier, you'll get your name read at the end of the episode, just like these angels. So if you will, just please pray for them with me. Allison White, Emily June, Jenna, Neve Parker, Nicole, and Tyler Hill. For them, Lord, hear our prayer. This podcast has been kindly edited by David Sutrin.